1: You're listening to The Real Down, sponsored by Catch Photo Release Tournaments. This is your premier tournament source. Here are your hosts, Sam Jones and Dan Perry. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Real Down on Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Jones. Got my co-host, Dan Perry, over here. What's going on, Dan? Not much, man. Doing
2: good. It's been raining nonstop here, so you pretty much have to be inside. At least I got something to do. Talk to y'all.
1: Yeah, it's either snowing, raining, or icing here uh, for sure. So um, I'm ready for it to be done and to head to Alabama. Come see you, my friend. Meet you in person. I'm ready. Come on. All right. Well, enough about us. Let's introduce tonight's epic guest epic None,
2: is the I, word yeah
1: you know i i honestly i have to say um we use epic a lot and uh this guy is the def the definition of epic uh his his success stories are endless and uh i mean my goodness i mean he's at he's at the top of the game right now hands That's down right. no one can question it he is the man tonight's guest mr russ snyders welcome welcome
3: <laughs> hey guys uh dan sam thanks for having me on i appreciate it
1: yeah man thank you thanks for taking time out of uh you know laying down the hammer and crushing everybody in tournaments to talk to talk to a couple inspiring aspiring uh tournament anglers right here
3: yeah no no problem this is uh it <laughs> should, be, should be a fun time and i'm happy to yeah share. Share my knowledge here with you guys.
1: Well, you know speaking of knowledge, you definitely have a wealth of knowledge. you've You've been in the industry for a while now, um and you've been crushing it. But you are one of the most methodical anglers I've seen in the kayak space, maybe in in the bass fishing space altogether. There's been articles and videos and other podcasts about it, but we kind of want to we kind of want to dive into that a little bit tonight with you, um, and get to know you a little bit more as an angler and as a person, but also start to understand what goes through your mind and how you prep for these tournaments and these different types of tournaments, because uh, I think anybody listening to this podcast can definitely gain. Uh, something from from this conversation so I'm really excited about what we're what are we getting ready to discuss with you
3: awesome yeah I'm definitely a uh, big on preparation and um, definitely believe it's a it's a key to a lot of the success I've been having uh this past year and um you know it's uh just over the course of, of uh fishing tournaments over the years you know uh, just kind of, you know, learn from my mistakes, maybe from when I was younger and you run into situations where, where things happen. And, uh, you know, the older you get, the the more you can kind of prepare for these things and uh, understand the right way to, to do that.
2: Exactly. You say
3: older, but I mean,
2: you're still whooping everybody and you're younger than me, so making me feel bad
3: i'm i'm older than i look i'm 38 i just turned 38 so i look yeah. a little younger but i'm getting up there
2: <laughs> no man you're young i'm 40 you're, you're still doing good you, you, you got a couple of years and like 100 wins left in you before you
3: make it to oh we'll see man tournament fishing's always got its ups and downs so you never never yeah. know what's gonna happen you know but um definitely been been on a little bit of a roll lately so we'll see how uh, a
1: little bit huh
3: (laughs)
2: yeah you you can be humble you know we'll 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 say it for you you're you're above that epic yeah now you're just Uh about to be legendary so Uh if you keep it up you're uh yeah you're going into i mean it's and, and i think that's kind of the fun thing about our sport is it's new and and right now there's no doubt that i mean 2019 kbf angler of the year you are one of the i mean you're at the forefront of what our sport can be. So I appreciate you being humble, but I mean, you're, you're setting the standard right now.
3: Well, thanks. I appreciate that. It's a nice compliment.
1: So let's, uh, you know, angler of the year is no small feat. That's, uh, and, and when we're talking about angler of the year, for the listeners who maybe aren't familiar with the rest of the story, we're talking about kayak bass fishing's, Trail Series, right? That's five tournaments. um, That goes into the points race, right, for that. Or is it six with the championship? Five, right? Three. Uh,
3: your best three three of the five series events through the year, the uh, Regional. regional championship, and then the national Trail Series championship.
1: Right. So you have to be, in order to be Angler of the Year, you have to... Out of the nation, have the best top three finishes out of regular season combined with your points from the regional championship and the national championship, um, and you crushed it! You crushed it! I mean, there was a, there was no question at the end of that that you just absolutely floored the field, um, and I was so impressed with you at the championship because that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure going into that event. Not only do you want to win that championship, but you know that Angler of the Year is riding on that. And you were the coolest cat. Well,
3: going into it, the thing is, is a lot of the pressure was taken off me, I feel like, because going into it, I was actually fifth place, uh, you know, going into national points. And I mean, I had Cody and Matt Scotch and it was Derek Brundle. I had three, you know, really good fishermen ahead of me. So I knew the only way I even had a chance at it was pretty much if I won and all the, you know, four guys above me, all four guys just happened to stumble. So my, the odds were, were definitely against me and I really didn't put any pressure on myself because I was, you know, and I just won, I think right before that tournament, I just won the state championship for Tennessee so I was kind of riding that high and then just going into it just like you know whatever happens happens I already had one good tournament right before I got there and you know <laughs> a lot of the Yeah, but you was were by
1: enough. no yeah, means yeah, like obviously you were by no means out of it. Like you were definitely someone that everyone was talking about going into that tournament as a potential to win I had you know, a chance, but like deer. I said,
3: I think I had to beat a lot of guys by like twenty spot. You know, I think uh Matt Scotch was like oh, like twenty places or something like yeah. that. And there's a few you know, it was it was a lot of luck involved with just the way the cards fell on that one too. But I mean I definitely had a solid year and that, you know, especially towards the end of the season there, finishing strong with, with uh with that Trail Series championship. Um and then the you know Momentum kind of carried over into this last tournament at the ten here too. So it was <laughs> I don't know. It'll it'll end eventually, but I'm gonna keep trying to ride this as long as I can.
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe you'll be the next uh, maybe it'll be the first Jacob Wheeler of the kayak, uh the Ding. kayak series. Ding. <laughs> okay. Just dropping bombs left and right all the time. Someone everyone's always fearful of. I don't yeah. know if you guys watched uh, Major League Fishing today, but the dude came into the final period um like 10 pounds behind or something like that and ended up winning the tournament by like Did 30 it? pounds oh yeah one won it by like 30 pounds he was throwing a uh accent river special his like signature series spinnerbait like a one-ouncer and got on this mega school and it was just two pounder, three pounder, four pounder, like one really? after another just jacking them. <laughs> uh it was actually really impressive to watch how he was working that spinnerbait out there and he wasn't even fishing that deep but he was just throwing that because they were glued to the bottom, but uh, yeah. anyway, enough about seen Jacob. And the, back to <laughs> seen some of the
3: highlights for that. i Watched the Bassmaster yeah. and saw some of the highlights for the MLF, but I had a busy day today, so I wasn't able to to find the watch the the championship round there. But it's good All to right. hear Jacob won, man. I'm a fan of his, so
1: absolutely, yeah. He's uh, he's here from the home state uh, in Indiana, and uh, always always rooting Jacob on. So let's talk a little bit about. um Preparation. So okay. I know that's a big part for you. Tackle prep is key for you. Um, study and all that. So let's maybe just break down your routine going into a tournament. And I know you're getting ready to fish the Hobie Bass Open Series on Lake Fork. So you're in the meat of it right now. You're, you know, it's and probably part of your everyday process, I would imagine, at this point, is getting ready for this tournament.
3: Yeah, yeah. Just got back from uh, from Florida. I'm here for about a week, and um, you know, trying to get a, a few things, a few things done, doing some work on my truck and stuff. And um, but yeah, been already studying. Just started kind of watching videos and, and doing some of the prep work as far as, as video stuff and map study uh, and stuff like that for the Lake Fork event. this will be my first time pretty much my first time fishing texas i fished the national championship on caddo which which part of it was in texas but i mean i figure that that doesn't really count so this will be my first you know true texas lake i feel like and uh i I, you know it's there's there's kind of a lot to learn it it seems you know pretty similar to a lot of the the other southern lakes Uh, a little more standing timber which will be uh you know something a little different but um but yeah, it's got some grass, some docks, and it, it seems like you know somewhere I'll, I'll feel comfortable with. But I've been, you know, watch. I guess the first thing I do is really watch any of the archive Bassmaster tournaments or any kind of tournaments that are on TV. I feel like, especially the Bassmaster tournaments, probably give you the best source of information. Uh, there's other YouTube videos from local guys and stuff like that, and some good ones actually for Lake Fork too. There's a few local guys there that that put on some, has, you know, some pretty good YouTube channels. Uh, like but after, yeah. Yeah. yeah, kind of researching that, I'll, uh, you know, then I'll go on the Google Earth. And uh, while I'm looking at Google Earth, what I'll do actually is I'll take the pod out of my uh, my kayak for my my fish finder, uh, and I'll take it out and I'll put it right next to the computer so that when I'm looking at Google Earth, uh, I can actually be marking waypoints, you know, on my on my fish finder. So. I, I uh, kind of get a little bit of a, a head start. I'll either you know mark waypoints from uh, from you know spots that I see guys have fished uh, in the tournaments for Bassmasters. You know if I see stuff when the the lake levels are down, I'll, I'll mark some of that stuff. Or if I see some some good grass areas, where you know I'll, I'll look into archived um, uh, images for Google Earth as well. And a lot of times you could you know look. You're you're going to be there early in the year, but you go into like September, October, when the grass has already grown in really well. And you can kind yeah. of see those areas where the the grass is growing, in, even though when you go there in February, you won't be able to hardly see any of it because it'll just maybe some
2: around. submerged or yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, but you can get a better, you know, towards the fall. So so it's good to look at, it, you know, when you're looking at Google Earth and satellite images, just looking at all the the different archive images from different times of the year and kind uh, of you, know, you can learn a lot like that. And um yeah, between that the videos and uh just mark you know looking at all the uh my lake master chip for my hummingbird um and setting all the contour lines and and uh, especially this time of year you know you can really learn a lot uh when you're pre-fishing during or sorry when you're doing homework during the pre-spawn because i feel like this time of year is when they're probably the most predictable as far as the areas where you're going to be looking for them as opposed to you know maybe later summer or fall when when they really spread out can be yeah. anywhere um you at so least know time, where they're going yeah you just you know look for the spawning areas and then look for any and type of little break or secondary points and you know the the migration routes are, are you know pretty predictable i feel like but um you know you got to hit a lot of those areas not like every one of those those spots will be good but if you hit enough of those you know kind of predictable pre-spawn spots eventually you'll, you'll run into a group um so um so yeah after after doing all that you know uh then i'll just start prepping all my tackle um did a lot of work on my my garage just for for storage i guess for all my my plastics uh uh, you know, I came from the bass boat world and, and before I'd have, you know, just like a bunch of Plano boxes with all my plastics, you know, taken out of the bags and already put in, in the Plano boxes. But, I've, you know, learned now over the last few years that that's not really the best system for, for the kayak thing because you can't put all of that in there and it, you don't, you know, you don't want to open up a, a Plano box and grab a bunch of plastics and have, it, you know, so it's, it's best to, I've learned just to keep them all in the bags yeah. Um, and then I was putting a bunch of them up on pegboards, but then the problem was is each tournament, you know, if I just want a couple packs of something and there's, you know, 15 packs on a, on a peg, I got to take all those off and grab a couple from the back. And, uh, so what I've done is I got, I got rid of the peg boards and I made a bunch of shelves and basically I'm storing all my plastics now. in, in like these, uh, shoe style plastic bins, Uh, and I got all the, all my plastics that were in the, uh, in the, in the Plano boxes. I took all those out and put them all back in the bags. And so now I got all my plastics in these bins. It makes it really easy just to, you know, grab a whole bin if I want to take it with me. If I know I'm going to be throwing a lot of Sankos, I'll grab that whole bin or, uh or if i just want a few bags you know that way i just open up the bin and i can grab from anywhere rather than trying to get one all the way from the back it doesn't matter where it is Um, and some of those i'll just you know load up a bunch of gallon size ziploc bags if i don't want to take the whole bin so um so yeah i've been yeah it's been some project i've been working on this year just trying to get organized a little bit more with my plastics and stuff and uh, I carry a lot of, a lot of gear with me when I go to these kayak tournaments. And uh, a lot of times I'll, I'll stay in an Airbnb uh, or, you know, a motel or something like that. But, um but other times, you know, um, I will just want to rather stay in my truck or something like that. So I've been kind of doing some work on that too, just to create some like extra storage and uh, you know, I ripped out the back seats and I have these big, couple big storage bins there now where I can, you know, put all my plastic and they lock and stuff too. So even though they're inside my truck, just for extra security, you know, they will be all the stuff will be in there locked up as well. So kind of, you know, out of sight.
2: Um, I saw that. I was uh, totally jealous of your setup. It was nice. But man, at, what what kind of bow do you use? Uh right, right now I have a
3: wilderness systems attack 120.
2: And you get uh, it up on that that top Yakima rod yeah
3: yeah so I got a I, yeah did a bunch of work on the truck this year it's been kind of a big project for me but I'm just trying to think of ways to be a little more efficient and just uh, hold more gear and uh, and all that so I got a, one of the Yakima overhaul HD racks uh, and then I have a new topwater water uh, like rod holder yeah those uh, are beautiful. Box. And that's that's great I mean, was for years I've always just thrown all my rods you know right in the passenger seat area so whoever's yeah. sitting there is all crammed but uh it's, it's great having it up there and I actually took the dividers out so i can just i can fit like 20 rods in that
2: I, that's why i was going to ask it says it'll fit eight but how many do you so you fit oh, 20 like in there huh
3: 20. i probably have i took out a couple of the middle like little dividers there uh and i have probably 12 rods that are rigged with reels and then i have another a uh, couple tubes in there that I, I, you know, can carry about six rods in each of those tubes without reels. Um, so I, I have over 20 rods in that thing. So it, it, you know, makes it a lot easier, and it locks up and stays safe. And um, yeah, and then I got a uh, one of the big catch units to to hold the kayak um, on top of the rack as well. And for this next tournament, actually, I might might bring both kayaks. I'm doing a, a Hobie tournament here at Fork, and yeah, um, you know, I've always been really comfortable with the um, with the Wilderness Systems attack, with the with the torquido and all that. But in the Hobie tournaments, we can't use that torquidos uh-huh. so uh, I, I won a Titan actually in that last state championship. Woo, native, yeah. <laughs> So I'll, I'll be trying to, this will be my first time running that native this next couple of days here. I, I got to do a little bit to, to rig it up, put a boondocks gear landing on it and uh, got one of those upgraded rudders. And um, At the
2: which one, the boondocks or the, yeah, the boondocks the nat- one. Okay.
3: Um, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, it's been my first time actually ever even getting in a pedal drive. I've never even like borrowed really? somebody's pedal drive or a Hobie or, you know any kind of thing like the only kayak i've ever fished out of has been the one i have to be honest
2: well yeah i'm i mean i'm obviously i have a titan so if you have any questions hit me up i'll i'll,
3: I will. I'll hook um, you up
2: with the Reagan man
3: awesome yeah i got the 12 so I'm oh yeah 12 okay
2: yeah i got yeah. the same boat is it a 2020 um, or the 19 it's a 19 yeah oh, cool yeah same same exact one i got a good Great.
3: deal i'm excited about it so yeah
2: they're they're definitely not the fastest but i think i've never been in an attack so i don't know but you know obviously they're super stable but
1: so yeah, many people a, have done a lot
2: more gear in
3: my attack too so I'm, I'm excited <laughs> yeah. about about that it looks like it's got a lot of storage in that boat so that'd be nice
2: so and you're still going to get that up on top on up on that top right no no
3: the so i'm gonna have oh, the attack boy. up on top and then the titan's just gonna be in the bed
2: Oh okay uh, Ooh, I was, so
3: I'll, I'll carry I was about both to say a prayer me. for you buddy <laughs> yeah throw out my back
1: uh, now Russ do you still have a boat
3: I do it's sat I have a Ranger uh it's sat in my driveway for about two it's been two years probably since I've run it I had a busted lower unit for a while and uh actually instead of getting a new lower unit I actually just found a used motor it, been, it took me a while to, to find one of the kind of the exact one that I had and uh, found that got that put on there and it's running right now but uh it's kind of a project i'm gonna I'm, pro- I'm gonna sell it here eventually but it, uh everything mechanically is working great on it but it needs like new carpet new seats and the gel coats all faded so mm. i can't really get crap for it until i, I put a little work and, and make it look nice so and see, but yeah and as soon as i get that done i'll be selling it
2: that was kind of something i wanted to ask you now that you've had i mean i came from the boat side i had a ranger and i fish tournaments that way too now that you're in kayaks what's your perspective on it because i i think i've actually like i, I kind of turned my nose up a little bit to boats i'm like going, see you know i i mean not that there's anything wrong with a boat and you know i'm sure whenever i get old enough i'll have to have one but i think i've definitely kind of soured to them is is that your perspective or or do you um do yeah, you want to go back one day sour. yeah
3: uh what's a good way to put it i guess it's um I guess the biggest the biggest issue I have with the boats is just the the expense of it and yeah. and just the headache that comes along with it. I mean, a lot of things really. It's just the expense, whether it comes to the gas, the insurance, the registration, uh, especially the maintenance, and yeah. just all, everything that comes along with that. <clears throat> and then uh, I guess the other thing is just the stress of like having to tow a big giant boat behind you. You know, your my truck's you know just big enough to tow that thing and you know, it's just harder to break and just more, you know, it's a little more stressful when you're on long trips. I've noticed it's much easier. Uh, that's why I don't even have a kayak for, for trailers. I've, out of all the problems I had my with my boat, actually, which I think people would be surprised, but uh, I'd, I'd say I had more problems with, with the trailer than, yeah. than anything else. Just wheel bearings going out, the brakes. I had to replace the brake lines, the axles, the uh, swing-away tongue. The, uh, the lights, <laughs> for sure the lights, yeah. the, everything on it, the master cylinder for the brakes. And, um, so all that's a pain in the butt. And then, um, and then, you know, just getting it whenever I'm in like tournament mode with that thing, you know, if there, I'd put it in areas where I probably shouldn't be putting it, areas where I should be putting a kayak rather than a bass boat. Um, uh, but if I thought it, you know, gave me a chance to, to do well in a tournament, you know, I'd, I'd put it wherever I had to, bang it up against docks, and just, you know, I'd I'd beat the crap out of that thing, kind of. But, yeah, with the kayak, you don't have to worry about any of that. You don't have to worry about washing. I mean, just with a boat, just every time you get off, you got to, like, wipe the whole thing down. And uh, just, you know, I've never washed my kayak. I've had it for three years. And uh, I actually got a pretty good wash. I haven't either. (laughs) Now that I put it up on this rack, actually, on on that Yakima rack, uh i was it came out pretty clean now i used to always just carry it in my bed but uh got a nice little power washing for the first mm-hmm.
2: time yeah isn't that what you do for a living you you have a power washing business yeah and, yeah and you got a three-year-old dirty kayak
3: i know <laughs> well i yeah, guess I you know. do it at work
2: all day you know exactly do some work. Yeah. yeah yeah
3: but uh but i love it i, I love i mean another thing about it um it's just the fact that it's just you out there too as opposed to when you're doing the boat tournaments you got somebody else in the boat you're always having to kind of worry about and sometimes they're just talking your ear off and you're, you're trying mm-hmm. to concentrate on yeah. fishing or what well, you know i mean i've met a lot of great people and had good times with people in pro-am or team tournaments too but it's i do like just it's a little easier just to kind of get in the zone and uh you know when it's just you out there and you don't have a lot of distractions going on
2: uh are are, are there like i I know i think at the uh the last big kbf tournament not the 10 the one before that that uh where you won angler of the year at that one and you were flipping right that was a big part of your bait Are, are there some techniques that coming from the bass boat side that that you maybe you haven't mastered or some? like maybe a technique that you can't do as well as what you used to maybe it, punching.
3: it's harder yeah it's harder to flip out of a kayak for sure yeah. uh especially if you're sitting down um it's i mean when i get a chance to I always stand up in the kayak and flip but sometimes it's not really not really an option if there's a little bit of wind or whatever yeah. the case and you gotta you know kind of sit down have that little motor going or, or whatever the case but uh you know yeah stuff like that's a little bit more more difficult and at first it's it was a bit of a challenge but you get used to it and uh just kind of become second nature again I feel like after you know been in a kayak for a little while but but it is an adjustment for sure
2: I I, I really think to me and I think maybe the bass thing is going to draw a lot of a lot more people who didn't look at kayaks before and they're kind of going to see well I can do the same thing Get the same enjoyment, the same competition, get a little bit more exercise probably, and and have in a better uh, environment. Uh, you feel more one with nature, the camaraderie of all the different anglers. To me, it's just, it's just totally been, in the last few years I've been doing it, it's just a totally different experience. And I enjoy it more totally. than going 60 up and down, you know, from dam to dam, wasting a bunch of gas. And, you know,
3: and what yeah, I've learned I, just, is I've I love fish. it. I fish better. I my kayak fishing has hundred percent made me a, a better angler too, because it's really opened my eyes to uh, to see that you don't need to, you know, on a bass boat you, you fish in a tournament and you pre fish all these areas and it's like yeah. oh it's not working here. You give it an hour like oh it's not working. Let me run all the way twenty miles over here. Oh it's not working. And you know you I've learned now that. In, a, in kayak tournaments, you know, I've really learned to keep an open mind. And a lot of times when you launch and if your your fish that you found in pre-fish aren't going, you just got to re-figure them out. You know, you just, a lot of times that's another thing I do is when I'm fishing areas for tournaments, I make sure that they're, they're areas where there's options available. So plan A doesn't work. Uh, it's like, all right, I got a plan B that you can do this or plan C, you know, give yourself lots of, lots of options. But, um, I mean, in most cases, I think, just about it, just about every, I think I've done 50 kayak tournaments and I've only had maybe one or two that I I didn't get a limit. And if I go back and all the bass boat tournaments I did, I mean, I'd say like 30% of them, I probably didn't get a limit. And so I've been way more consistent, um, fishing out of a kayak and just, you know, learning that if you keep an open mind and just re-figure out your area, a lot of times that's, that's the smartest thing to do.
2: Yeah, but those numbers don't ever go back. Just rule this. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So what's uh, you're talking about? Plan A, <clears throat> Plan B, Plan C. That's a big part of tournament preparation. Really, a big part of practice, right? So, when you start um, deciphering where you're gonna go, the areas that you're gonna target. You know, you're talking about looking for something that has multiple options. What, what are some of those things that you're looking for? Let's get a little more detailed, right? Like, what are you looking for in a particular area when you're doing your map study and you're watching video to help you find that that area you're going to target?
3: Um, I guess one of, the, one of the big things is just having deep water access near, near your area. I like doing a lot of shallow water fishing. I prefer to fish for them up shallow, but if I am fishing a shallow area, I'm also going to be paying attention to where those breaks are and where that deep water access is. Um, I mean, I guess that's 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 the big thing is during weather changes and stuff like that, you know, fish can can move in the water column. Shallow fish can move deep, or if you're catching deep fish and it gets warm or something like that in the spring, then they'll move up. So uh, just having those those areas where they can – you know, the deeper water spots and the shallow stuff, and then different, you know, different pieces of cover, I guess, too, you know, whether, um, you know, you might be be getting them on the, you know, on some breaks out on on rock or something like that, and you you see a bunch of wood up shallow, and they might not be on the wood quite yet, but at least, you know, you have that there in the back of your mind is is something you can do if what you're doing isn't working, Um, whether it's wood or rock or, or grass, you know, all those, uh, points or breaks or just anything that can hold fish you know um but having a variety of, of different things rather than just like one you know big giant grass flat with nothing else around it at all but a bunch of grass and no breaks no wood no rock <clears throat> no docks you know just having to just all those different different elements is uh is important when you're you know uh trying to find a good area to to practice during a tournament
1: so, did you find it pretty difficult to find that at your last event there at the Kissimmee Chain? At certain,
2: 10, yeah.
1: so
3: you at, won $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was. So, so the Kissimmee Chain, uh, I was just at a couple of weeks ago here, a week and a half ago, was, um, we could fish any of the... I guess four or five lakes in the Kissimmee chain: Kissimmee, Toho, Cypress, Hatchinaha, and I guess Tigers connected to it too. Uh, and there's a bunch of other little lakes that we can fish as well. And uh, and you know, I went into it, you know, kind of wanting to fish the big lakes because I know uh, what what they're capable of. I mean, the BASS record it's was caught out there, at yeah. Toho; it was like forty six pounds or something. So obviously, when those lakes are on, I mean, there's nothing. No place in the world that can compete with that, um, but um, but it was it was a pretty tough bite out there. And uh, there was a big bass master Open the weekend before. I think there was 250 boats, and there was only a couple weights over 20 pounds. So that told me right there that you know those bigger lakes are, are fishing a little bit tough. And uh, when I was out there pre-fishing, you know I I fished some areas and uh, on Kissimmee and Toho, and uh, and it, it was a struggle. There's just there's just so much dead water out in Florida, I feel like too. And it's just like, yeah. and a lot of it just all looks the same. And it's, you just, it's like finding a needle in a haystack. And, um, you know, the, the smaller, that's what, what I ended up fishing during a tournament was a smaller lake. And, uh, it was just a little less intimidating. It's, it's, and, you know, I figured I knew there was fish in there somewhere. So I figured just through a process of elimination, eventually, uh, you know, I'd, I'd figure something out as opposed to, you know, looking at these big giant lakes and, and knowing, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. how much dead water there is. It, it can be difficult to really pinpoint a, a good area.
2: And, and, yeah. and you know, I, I know it's been talked about before, but <clears throat> the way you competed in that event, number one, not only you went from 91-25 the first day. And increase the second day to 175, and ended up with 192. But you didn't just win it; you whooped them by 1475. And and just, I think, uh, you know, uh, everything else you've done, it has to be impressive. Uh, like going into it, was it? Did you feel a certain way because you know you're going to make a check? How did that? change the game for you in that in that tournament for you did you just go like you said you looked at a small area because there was so much but did you go in like you know i'm going to do whatever i want to i'm going to fish how i want to because i'm getting paid or
3: yeah so i mean anytime you know you're going to get paid no matter what uh you can kind of just swing for the fences and um you know it definitely takes the pressure off and, and they did an amazing job um, just with just one above and beyond, uh, you know, what anybody could have dreamt of as far as, uh, just taking care of all of us up there. They had this big giant mansion and everybody got their own bedroom and, uh, yeah. you know, they had all the food was catered every day. They had lunches packed for us and it was, it was crazy. And all that, just the combination, all that really just kind of gives more relaxing, uh, environment and, and, you know, and everybody knows that they're, they're getting paid. So um so yeah i made it for a really enjoyable time and um yeah what was the question that i was trying to like
2: how did more than a a regular tournament where you're going you know you're trying to get paid and you're you're going out and you want to do the best you can did this one did you go into it a little bit different because you knew you were going to make a check how how did that change your strategy
3: yeah Yeah, like yeah i guess i answered it then i was just kind of swinging for the fences and uh, said so the pressure was off and, uh, I was just really just trying to enjoy all of it and have the best time. And however it ended up, uh, I, w- I was going to be just fine with that. Uh, definitely I'm happy with the way it did end up. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, but, probably but e-
3: either, either way. I, I what point did it,
1: what point did it switch from? I'm going to be happy with however it ends up to, I got a chance to win this thing and I'm going to put the pedal to the metal.
3: I'm I'm always trying 100% when I'm out. I'm always fishing dawn to dusk. And when I get off the water, I'm prepping for the next day. And I I try to work as hard as I can and uh, be as useful um, with my time as as I can possibly be. And, and, you know, it's, I mean, I was, yeah, it was probably the second day pre-fishing where, you know, it it was kind of gradual. I decided not to do the 10-vitational, which was the tournament you know right before basically to get into the 10 I was already in the 10 so I didn't necessarily need to fish ten invitational. I think about yep. half the guys did half the guys didn't uh and I, I just rather focus my time on on having a little extra time for for pre fishing and uh you know if I catch something I'm not going to be tempted to to beat those fish up I can just kind of leave them alone and Uh, sometimes it's more useful just to uh, eliminate water during pre-fish rather than than catching fish you know I would have Uh,
2: been worried about that too fishing the temptation I I don't know how you unless you just happen to have two great areas how do you not burn your fish in the temptation yeah that's kind the way
3: I was looking at it and it's I mean some people just used it as they just said you know said they were going to pre-fish just like they normally would, but it's hard when you're still competing in a tournament and there's money on the line. If you catch a couple mm-hmm. fish in the area and you know you should leave and yeah. you would leave if you were just just regularly pre-fishing. Uh, but being in a tournament, it puts yourself in a situation where it's going to make that a little more difficult. Um, mm-hmm. So. But yeah, during uh, you know as the tournament progressed, you know I found an area um, I had some confidence in. It wasn't getting a lot of pressure from from bass boats. Uh, it wasn't on the Kissimmee chain. It was one of the other smaller lakes. And um, it wasn't until uh, probably a couple a couple days before I, I kind of you know thought it had winning potential as long as it didn't get pressure from from other guys. It wasn't a big area uh and i said those those fish weren't pressured at all so if i got something in front of them they were they were really willing to bite um and you know after the first day of the tournament though i was a little worried actually I, i'd caught them all because a lot of the the fish that i caught that first day i actually saw it was really shallow water and i, I saw a lot of those same fish a couple days before when i was pre-fishing and uh, that second day of the tournament overnight on the second day a bunch of bigger females moved in overnight which is i mean that's that's yeah. what you wish for the you know? dream yeah yeah that's that's what what happened i had it all to myself and it was just man it's uh it's crazy how that how that kind of happens that way um yeah because i've had a lot of situations where it's you know just the other way around you find all these big fish weather changes and everything's gone and um, sounds like last few tournaments it just uh everything just keeps working out
2: and one thing i do have to ask was there i know if i would have been in that house maybe i'm an a-hole but i would have been like given misinformation what was there like mind games going on whatever was it Was just everybody cool
3: uh it was pretty cool there wasn't too much of that i'd say uh i'd be telling people, people wrong were, colors were and, a little protective i was kind of yeah. told, you know i was pretty honest with what i was doing i wasn't i wasn't I told a couple of people I went to that lake, but I, I wasn't like hyping it up, <laughs> you know, right. even though I was like, oh, this has potential. I was just like, yeah, I caught a few here and went to a couple of other small lakes and I, I caught some some there too. But uh, one in particular I felt like had, had the most potential. And, uh, but I didn't want to, like I said, I had it pretty oh, much yeah. myself until the that first day of the tournament. Ken Wood, who was in, he was the leader after the first day ended up going to that lake just on a whim just uh just decided he didn't have a really good pre-fish and he just decided why not let's start the tournament at this lake and um so yeah he he had a good finish as well
0: cool nice
1: nice all right so i know another thing that uh and we're kind of bouncing around a little bit here but i know another thing that you're really big on and you started to touch a little bit on it with the soft plastics right is tackle preparation
0: um
1: and gear prep you want to dive into that a little bit why it's so important to you and some of those key things that you you do throughout uh you know your tournament preparation throughout your season uh when it comes to gear and that sort of thing
3: yeah i try to you know try to do a lot to take care of my tackle. A lot of my plastics I'll you know I'll save them when I'm done and and re-mend I'll use mend it and re-glue them all and stuff every every few months you know I just put a bunch of them aside and uh so try to be really good about that try to be really good about not having water and and stuff like that getting into my plano boxes for my hard baits and um you know a lot of the the hard bait boxes that I have I only store hooks on you know about 25 percent of the baits or so just so I can fit more in there and uh, that way I know I always, you know, the, the hooks that are in there I know are always really sharp and, and new. And if they get worn out, you know, I'll just throw that those hooks away and uh, it makes it easier to, to get baits out. They don't get tangled and stuff. And it's pretty easy for me to swap swap the hooks on the split rings. And,
2: um, and I, well. I heard about all this with the split rings. Somebody needs to get this man, like, a sponsor with Gerber, so you can get, like, some splizzers or Smith. split I can get faster sliders. with my
3: thumbnails. If you got the right split rings on there, as long as they're, you know, they need to be strong enough where they're not going to bend out. But as long as, uh, you know, they're, they're not too stiff, I can open them up with my fingernail, and uh, I can change out two hooks in probably less than 30 seconds, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but yeah so, that's so cool I'll, I'll go through and make sure i got good split rings on all the hooks and a lot of the my tackle and stuff i make myself all my my jigs uh, spinner baits buzz baits uh, anything with the skirt on it pretty much and uh, and
1: so so why is that let's talk about that is that just to be a little more frugal um yeah or is that I mean, because you're very particular about you know the how they're crafted you know what is it what goes into that decision to make versus purchase
3: yeah i mean obviously you know it's a little bit of initial investment uh, in the beginning but it's uh, you know it's now it's definitely paid for itself um and i buy them wholesale for like you know jig heads or spinner bait head whatever for about 100 you know you got buy a minimum of a of a 100 pack <laughs> so last year last year while some of the jigs i've, I've gone through quite a few of them Spinner baits and buzz baits and that stuff lasts a little longer, but um, but yeah, it's it's not only just the cost aspect of it, but uh, it really allows you to really learn that bait and, uh, and be able to dial it in and uh, learn all the different, you know, with the with the spinner bait for instance, um, you know, when I order them, there's like ten different head designs to choose from, and I've used a few different one, you know, head designs. to kind of learn, all right, what does this head do? What does that head do? And uh, you can change the diameter of the wire to different thicknesses, and uh, obviously the the blade sizes. There's a lot of different components. I mean, a spinnerbait's a good example of just all the different components: the mm-hmm. hook size, uh, the blade size, even you know, even the the length of uh, wire, you know, from the head to that first bend where you tie on the line tie. Just like messing with that and adjusting that, it'll you know give it different vibration. So all those little components, really, um, you know, if you're making them yourself, you really get a good understanding as opposed to, uh, you know, when you're just buying them off a store. And that way, too, sometimes you buy a spinnerbait off a store, you get some confidence in it, and a few years later, they stop making that spinnerbait, and then you got to go to another one, you know. So just by using the same stuff for such a long period of time, I can really kind of dial it in. I know the right trailers to put on things, the right, you know. Um, right weights all that stuff
2: so starting your own tackle company in your future
3: i don't want to say yeah people always ask me to you can buy the stuff but it's uh it's not you know i've calculated it and i'd probably only be making about 15 20 bucks an hour and yeah. it isn't bad but you know i'd rather spend that i can i can power wash and make more money and you know um so i guess that makes sense but but yeah, it's something I enjoy too. I couldn't do it all the time, you know. Usually, I get all that done in the winter. Uh, I've been doing a lot of a lot of lure making, I guess, earlier this year. Lately, I've, now I'm just about in full tournament mode. So I wish I had a few more weeks to to get some more stuff done. But uh, but yeah, it's it's gonna be difficult at this point.
2: Well, you got ten grand. You can buy a few things if you have to.
3: I can't. <laughs> I just got to pay somebody to, to make them like I do, I guess.
2: Right. <laughs> I, I was going to ask you, I heard you saying before how the, you know, you're you know you you're a small business guy and, and that's what you do. Is there, and you were looking maybe from some, your winnings, maybe you'd be able to go full time. Is that a, is that something that maybe yeah. I tend, can kind
3: of put so you I got in? A, I own a power washing business. Uh, I've been doing power washing it's like 20 years now, I guess I did it. I started out when I was a kid working for another guy and started my own business, uh, I'm right about 20, 20 years old. So I'm 38 now. So the last 18 years. I've owned my own business and, uh, and it's been nice, you know, it's, uh, it's business is low overhead. I can kind of, it's just me at this point. I've had times in the past where I've had a few employees and stuff, but I've, you know you might make a little more money that way it's also a lot more stress and you're having to you know people are dependent on you and you're dependent on you know it's it's just easier just doing it just myself and i can kind of like i said turn the business on and on when i when i want and uh i get enough calls i can kind of pick and choose my my jobs i want to do and uh it's great if you're going to pursue something uh yeah. like these tournaments you know to, to have something like that but like I said, you just don't want to. try to build something. I see a lot of other friends that build these, you know, their their construction type businesses so big that it's it's they can't. They're married to it, you know. They can't get away anymore at that point. So, try to keep it simple. Try to keep my you know living expenses as, as low as I can. Uh, you know, I'm I'm living here in Nashville and. I got two other roommates. We're still renting the house that we're in, but it's you know, we're just, it's just a pretty simple house, and my my expenses and overhead is is pretty low. So um, yeah, so I've I've had some some money saved over the last few years, and and because of the winnings that I've had for these last few tournaments, so so I, I probably won't be power washing too much this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go full force into this uh, into these kayak tournaments and um, see where it takes me. We'll see.
1: Heck yeah, man. Agreed. I like it. I like it. So um, let's talk about going forward real quick. Well, you've you've got angler of the year. You're a ten champion. What's next? What's what, what's where do you set the goals now? I mean, everything
3: I've done, all of my accomplishments for the most part have been through KBF, so I, I still, you know, there's still a lot out there for uh, for me to try to accomplish this year as, as far as, you know, trying to do well in a Hobie event. And, I mean, making it to Hobie Worlds would be, I mean, that would be amazing. And uh, now with these new Bassmaster tournaments that they that they have coming this year, uh, it looks like they're going to, you know, the first one coming up in Logan Martin, they're already talking over 150 anglers. And I mean, that's just super exciting to to see that. And uh, I think everybody, you know, all the anglers and everybody in this industry right now is, is, uh, just really excited for, for the future and what this year has, uh, has in store.
1: Yeah. And you know, a couple big names on the, uh, the roster for Logan Martin, some names that, you know, we're all familiar with, but don't often see in tournaments. It's like so, aj
3: and chad and,
1: uh, chad and Flu- and though fluke has done a couple you know fluke has fluke getting into the game cool. he's not too
2: far away he could come over here and put a hurting on him i'm sure
3: he, he got yeah. him down in florida i gotta spend some time with him he's doing some of the video stuff down there at the 10 house and a big group of us went over to uh Kenansville and did some fishing there and he put a whacking on him there. I think he got like 45 yeah. or 42 pounds for his best five. And uh, so, I mean, he can obviously catch him, no doubt.
1: But
2: yeah, he's a, he's not just a YouTube name. I mean, he can, Gene can straight up whoop him.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think it's definitely going to be interesting to uh, to see Chad compete. Yeah, um, you know, we we've seen him out there, you know, coming around with a camera group. Crew and fishing around when we're fishing and and that sort of thing, but um to see Chad, gosh, I don't even know. I don't know that I've ever seen him in a tournament. I'm, I know he's been in some. I but... a
3: tournament against him once, one of our yeah. local club events. uh He fished. He fished one of our local club events and uh, he he did pretty well, but I think he 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 forgot to put a he forgot to put a sticker on his hog trough
1: and oh. ended up uh, <laughs> getting disqualified. Um, Right. Well, I could see uh, that, you know, not because he's not in the tournament um, routine, you know. So, like to go out there and actually practice it is is totally different. Um, and he's gonna have a lot on his mind, you know. Um, definitely, um, with everything that's going on with Christy and his mom right now. um, Yeah. He's gonna have a lot on his mind. So I just hope that he can actually still. Um, be there and 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 competing but uh yeah i think it's gonna be cool you know such a large field and and the caliber of anglers that we're seeing uh signing up for this it it, it's kind of like you know an elite level kbf event or these big hobie events you know this championship style um or championship um guess what's the word i'm looking for here guys um Caliber ang yeah like these that that higher caliber anglers mixing in with you know everybody is going to be kind of cool to see yeah. how how everyone performs and competes It'll be against to it. See
3: if there's other you know some other guys from the boating world that uh, that come over. Yeah, as well, I'm I'm guessing there's probably a few new faces this year that uh, yeah. that you know nobody really knows about are going to you know do pretty well. We'll, we'll see.
1: There's a, a
2: a couple of local guides I've been watching the names because I'm worried about them getting them in getting in. and uh, I haven't seen them on there yet, like Joey Narna from uh, or Narnia from uh, it's not Narnia. I'm thinking that movie, but uh, that the guy who's <laughs> Good Sweet movie. Yeah. yeah he he does a Sweetwater show. He's a guy on Logan martin, and i I've been whooped by him before on Logan Martin. I'd be worried if he was in it. All but there's right. there's a few local guys. I've been looking for names and seeing if they show up. Really?
1: Yeah. You know, I haven't seen them yet. I'm worried, though. You always <laughs> think about the local guys, but so often the local guys, though they seem to do well, they don't – it's not often that the local guy ends up winning the tournament, you know? And that's throughout uh, throughout the industry. And I don't know what – it's just – it doesn't matter how much knowledge and how much practice you put in. There are, there are a lot of factors that play into it and there's just so many good sticks, you know, yeah. in the game. Yeah. You, you never know. Um, but, uh, you'd be, you'd be silly not to bet for Russ because Russ is, uh, getting it Has done, the momentum. Sure. Yeah. He does. He does. So, um, all right. Well, man, I uh, I really appreciate your time and coming on the show tonight. Um, you know, I think we've covered a lot with you and, and, and have a better understanding of who you are as an angler now. But before we before we say goodbye, I want to give you an opportunity. I'll give all our guests this opportunity to uh, to thank anybody you want to thank, man.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, it- First of all, thank you guys for for having me on the show and giving me the opportunity to to talk with you tonight. It was, you can uh, come back after it.
2: next win. I'm sure you'll have
3: another one. <laughs> soon. <laughs> I hope I hope I get a chance to come back. It means I'm doing good. If that's the case, but I'll see how long I can keep it up. But
1: maybe this yeah. time you won't put us off like a week and a half. No. <laughs> <laughs> last time
3: I had the good yeah I was out in Cal- last win I had in uh, Wisconsin. I ended up the next day. I, I flew out to California and. I was like way up in the mountains. I didn't have service and mm-hmm. then I ended up getting like a tooth infection. And it was, uh. um, yeah, it was a mess, but, but yeah, things are going better now. So, so that's good. But, <laughs> but yeah, I'd, I'd also like to thank, uh, thank my sponsors, Irod rod fishing and, and hook one outfitters. And, uh, they, they've really stepped up and just did a lot for me. Um, you know, I've been with them for a couple years now, but with all the success I've, I've had they uh, they've really stepped up and been helping me out and, uh, they're, they're both just a couple awesome companies who, uh, who, you know, I'm going to continue to, to work hard to help promote their, uh, their brand. Um, and, um, yeah. And Yakima, uh, is another one. I'm, uh, they're not necessarily a sponsor, but, um, I got a buddy who does some of the, uh, mechanical engineering and stuff for them. He actually created the, the, uh, top water, uh, rod storage box there. So they hooked me up with one of those and, uh, I've nice. really been liking that as well. So. Um, Very cool. Yeah, I guess that's it.
2: Man, being on that Hook One team, you have to convince them to build one in Birmingham. Tell them to come on. Bring they should, They down. need to
3: expand. They got their second location up here, but I mean, that would be a good good spot for it, probably. I think
2: it's
1: uh, it's wide Alabama. open. Yeah. yeah.
3: All right, yeah. I'll uh, I'll put the mm-hmm. word in for sure. Yep.
1: There you go. <laughs> Well, thanks, All man, right.
2: and, and good luck on Fork, and good luck, Logan Martin, and yeah, uh, see so you yeah. guys.
3: Uh, you guys both going to be at Logan Martin?
2: Probably. I'm still probably. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I haven't signed up yet. I want to. I'm Dude, going. Yeah.
3: Clocks ticking. You got like five days, man. Oh my
2: goodness. Probably. I, I I got whooped so bad at Seminole. I just I, yeah, I still got it's, a bad. Got to be man. a
3: part of history, man. It's the yeah, first one. I know. You got good. whooped
2: at Seminole. but like, don't you live a whole five minutes from Logan Martin? An hour. I'm not right there, but I'm 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 pretty. Ah, that's close. pretty close. That's yeah. pretty close. Fishing, hey, fishing hey, and, should and, be better
3: too. I heard Seminole's is pretty brutal fishing.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, we had one that we got a uh, we had somebody who had third place, and he, he did okay, and we were fishing at the same launch, so. I really? felt even
1: worse after that. Oh man, yeah, that's, you, just, you can't that's win them just one, one, one setback. Oh, I you know it'd get all get all it would be all right. On
3: that horse, keep it,
1: keep. Going. Starting to sound like Ryan Milford now. You gonna sell uh, all your gear uh, too?
2: Don't put me in that boat.
1: <laughs> 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 Love you, Ryan. Uh, well, hey Russ, before you head off, man, uh, let us know, let everybody know where they can follow you and stay in touch with you, and check out this this uh pimping truck you got going on and the build there and and all that kind of good stuff
3: yeah uh you can find me uh either instagram or facebook at russ snyder's uh the russ is spelled with one s r-u-s and then snyder's s-n-y-d-e-r-s
1: there you go got it go give him a follow like comment share Uh, Do you have a youtube youtube no youtube
3: uh a little i'm posted a little bit also Russ Snyder's on that but i haven't really done a whole lot with that
1: yet all right go subscribe comment on there tell russ that he needs to get his uh video game to get in this. check yeah. and, and and start start pumping out content so <laughs> uh, all right, all right russ.
3: sam dan it was uh it was great it's a pleasure and uh yeah you guys have a good one we'll do it again soon hopefully
1: absolutely we'll see, see ya. you out there man all right take care later all right it's just me and you now all right so hold on though before before we start talking to our uh listeners about this other stuff man you really you you gonna bail on me no love, I'm, love I'm martin
2: sta- no I, I i think i'm gonna fish it well okay I, I, have, I have some there's some family stuff going on too um gotcha yeah my, i have somebody who, you know if y'all want to say prayers just my and my family not doing good, so I'm kind of uh, watching that too.
1: Well, absolutely. Uh, my family will definitely be uh, praying for yours, man. I hate to hear that. Um, well, but I, I, I will hope-
2: say for anybody the weekend before uh, Iron City, you can look us up on uh, Iron City Kayak Anglers. We're gonna have a tournament the Saturday before on Logan Martin. So if you're out there practicing, if you come that early and you wanna come fish a little bit, you're welcome to come fish with. With us, it's only $30, and, you know, it's only we only do three fish limits, so it's fine. We actually have about 30, guys. That's on Saturday? hmm Yep. Yeah. Saturday before.
1: Ooh, I might have to leave a day earlier. I was thinking about leaving on Saturday morning, but I might have to leave Friday night and uh, come sleep at a ramp and, and get out there and fish. That sounds do like it. fun. Yep. All right, so we got to talk about uh, some attorney recaps here, man. So... Last week we uh, we had Kurt fill in for you as we yeah. talked about upcoming tournaments and uh, we've got uh, we've got a couple we had three on there but for some reason the Southeast um, Texas Kayak Bass Fishing League tournament the link's not working for me so I, I'm not sure what's going on with that I don't know if that tournament got pulled off for some reason or what. So the other two was uh, Queen City. Um, you know, our previous guest, uh, Vinny. Vinnie. Yep. Vinny was uh, hosted a tournament for the Queen City Kayak Anglers um, last weekend. So we kind of go over those results real quick. Uh, let me get that pulled up for us. Queen City, awesome group out there in the uh, Carolinas, fishing North Carolina, South Carolina Area. They were on a lake called, let me see if I can find it again here Lake Murray, we know that lake We've seen that one a few times at the elite level, right? Um, So their tournament, they ended up having, let's see how many anglers they end up having Looks like over 50, wow, 70, 80, 85 anglers they, uh, signed up for this club. event in uh, in February. And wow, that's awesome. That's a great uh, great turnout. Uh, so you know Vinny's doing it right if you listen to our previous podcast with him. Big Bass, 22 and a half inches. Yes, launch <clears throat> donkey slapper. Wow. Uh, Jared, oh man, Kimak? Kimak? I don't know. Jared K. Of lake wiley area south carolina with a 22 and a half incher now it does look like about half the field blanked um and then the rest of the field coming in at one two and three fish there was only um and now again queen city only runs a four fish limit yeah Four four fish limit so there was only three limits caught Uh, Third place, Chris Goodwin, uh, know that name, recognize that name, North Carolina uh, kayak angler, came in with 63.25 inches. His big bass was 18.25. Awesome job, Chris. And then another last name I'm not going to try and pronounce. So PC uh, is the first name coming up here. With 68.25, big bass was 17.75 And then the winner was David Golding with 69 inches. uh, Big bass at 21.25. So super impressive there. Um, Nice, nice four fish bag at 69 inches even. So shout out to David Golding for uh, taking the W there with Queen City. Um, and then the other tournament that we had is also not coming up, which I don't know what's going on with that. I was having issues too. I couldn't give them away. So apologize to, uh, the guys of Southeast Texas and, uh, the Oklahoma, uh, kayak anglers, for some reason, we're having trouble pulling up your, your tournament results. So, um, can't really go over those. Bummer. Somebody won somebody won somebody did an awesome job somebody caught a big fish somebody zero zeroed uh, somebody zeroed so uh yeah that's kind of how it goes but uh all right as far as upcoming tournaments this is kind of a dead week um yeah. there's not really a whole lot going on out there when you take a look at tourney x um we're kind of in between it is getting ready to get hot and heavy though um hobie bass open series in two weeks um and then logan martin and then pro tour then hobie then bass then logan martin or uh, kbf you know it just goes yeah. on from there and gets hot and heavy as soon as we hit that march uh march time frame so we will uh, we'll talk a little bit about the lake fork event in our next episode um and then uh we'll kind of go from there get ready it's gonna get fun sounds good all right guys Thanks for listening in. We'll catch you on the next episode of The Real Down. Until then, be safe and wear your PFDs. That's right. Later. Go check out the
4: website, guys, paddle, the letter N in Finn.com. Also, check out YouTube, youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. If you got a question, comment, but want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at paddle and fin. Shout out to our show supporters Rocktown Adventures, Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the paddle and fin logo. Logo right on your catchboard. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jigmasters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to.